Sponsored by the Crime Stoppers. That's right, Southern County, 1 800 220 TIPS, 220 8477. That's where all calls are indeed kept confidential. Monetary reward issued in many a case, $5,000 or more for information uh, that will lead to an arrest in that particular case. Joe Jacklin, retired NYPD sergeant, former commanding officer of the Bronx. Cold Case Squad, a current adjunct professor at John Jay College, author of the Criminal Investigative Function, a guy of new investigators, fourth edition, five soon to come, a highly decorated member in the day of the NYPD, including uh, the most notable Department Medal of Valor, and of course, Joe, a best-selling author with the Cold Case Handbook. Not only that, he's got a hot show on YouTube with the Gilgo Investigations ongoing. Joe has some great guests uh, involved there. And uh, a lot happening, uh, indeed, as we welcome in the Sarge. Joe Jacklone, sir, how are you? Hey, good morning, Jay. How are you? I am well, my friend. Let's uh, get into, uh, uh, you know, I didn't really consider this a shocker. Uh, as far as the police commissioner in Suffolk County, Ronnie Harrison, uh, uh, Sarge is going to resign. Uh, he'll hand it into. uh the county executive today, a two-year stint on the job as Suffolk's top cop. Uh, but uh, that is the case. No surprise to me here. Listen, you got an election coming into play, Joe. You're going to have a new uh, county executive in play here. Uh, I think uh, I think it was just a matter of time. So he is uh, making the initial move here. Uh, Harrison is uh, stepping away. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I just find it a little bit odd of the timing, right? I mean, we know that um, he definitely could have served until the end of the year uh, without any issues, and yet I'm not going to, you know, pursue the post uh, with the new executive when they come in. Um, you know, just like everybody else, I'm trying to find out what the backstory is on this, but um, I just hope it's not yeah. politics as usual. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want that. Um, listen, I'm thinking maybe he's got another position lined up. He's taking the initiative here. Uh, why wait it out? will be uh, in play on Tuesday night. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some memos back and forth. I'll, I'm sure there'll be some conversations if he were to stay on. I just think he's making the initial move. One thing you do not want to hear is something nefarious that has gone on behind the scenes. Uh, we know the uh, department is famous for that. As far as activities over the years, uh, Sarge. So, uh, you know, you don't want to he- you don't want to see or hear that. That's for sure. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, as time moves on, we'll get more of a clear picture here. But uh, Ronnie Harrison, you know, I re- we remember well. You know, day one on the job, Joe. Uh, he did a presser at Oak Beach. You know, he said uh, he vowed uh, that this was going to be prio one. Give him credit. He was involved with the investigation in Gilgo and everything else. Did a nice job. Did a very nice job. Some questionable things uh, in and around, but he teamed up with the sheriff and Errol Toulon, the DA and Ray Tinney, and they formed a pretty good uh, trifecta of uh, enforcement right there. Yeah, no, listen, and he, you know, he goes out on his own terms, too. Right? He goes out on top. So I think, you know, he, he goes in there with the arrest of Rex Sherman, the three cases attached to him, possibly the fourth uh, very soon, even according to his own words. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I just start looking at the difference of what happens, right? Everything looked good up in the beginning, and then 
things seemed to be, you know, kind of fall apart where everybody started doing their own little thing after the arrest, right? Uh, Tierney doing his thing, Rodney doing his thing, Toulon doing his thing. It seemed as if there might be a struggle of, um, you know, credit going on at that point. And I think, you know, I don't think that's the reason that he's leaving now. But, listen, we know Suffolk County politics. We know it pretty well. And we know there could be a, a minefield of um, of things to walk through. So I don't uh, know if we'll ever hear the real uh, truth behind what's happening, but I wish him the best. Yep, no doubt. One thing I didn't like, I made it very, very clear, uh, Joe, and that was, uh, you know, that presser that John Ray did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the indications uh, that, uh, you know, there were more witnesses as far as Rex Yerman's involvement, maybe even the wife involved as far as knowing what was going on. Uh, Ronnie Harris, who was there at the press conference, kind of a blind side to the DA and his uh, colleague in the case, of course, and Ray Tierney. I didn't like that aspect uh, of it at all. i got to be honest. But uh, you know what? He steps away, and he's got a feather in his cap as far as that is concerned. So we'll see what happens there. The Sarge uh, with us. Let's get to a couple other uh, situations in and around with a plea deal that was rejected. Uh, there's Amdan Singh, responsible for those two teens uh, dying, uh, you know, that was a tough, tough situation, uh, uh, Sarge. You know, the situation in Roslyn back in May. Uh, you know, you have uh, uh, certainly inebriation involved here, alcohol. Uh, and what happened was, uh, this was kind of a shocker to me. Uh, in the fact that he is uh, rejecting a plea deal, uh, he would have been sentenced Eight and a third to twenty-five in prison. Uh, a lot of charges attached. Uh, what do you think they have in mind here regarding Amadab Singh, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. In the respect that, like you know, I, I don't see him thinking that he's got a better case to go to trial with something like this. Um, he's, he could be looking at a lot more time. And we know how this is how cases, you know, usually go when you, you try to make these deals ahead of time so you don't have to do all this stuff. But, um, you know, not accepting this plea deal is is very strange because I think the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. And Helene Gugarty, who's the uh, judge in the case, you know, he's given him every opportunity to think about this. I mean, are you sure? Blah, blah, blah. He's coming back. Uh, with a deadline, she said, I think it's November 22nd, Sarge, uh, as far as, uh, you know, to enter the plea, the guilty plea, should he change his mind, you know, that type of thing, uh, before the case actually goes to uh, on the trial calendar. So uh, I guess the defense team will submit some kind of motion, motions that will maybe contest uh, statements he allegedly made following the crash. Maybe there's some evidence involved there. Tangible scientific evidence in the case, grand jury, that type of thing. Minutes, uh, we'll see what happens here. But you know, certainly they feel that they have a loophole here, without question. They feel they have a loophole. It's a dangerous game of chicken, as far as um, is uh, is playing here. Uh, all I know is that two uh, two teenagers uh, died with this guy behind the wheel. That's what I know. That's what the jury is going to hear left and right. When this thing does go to trial, and this goes to trial, uh, without question. So, I mean, listen, uh, if you're swerving around cars and going 95 miles an hour, uh, you know what? 
something's wrong there. Yeah, no, like I said, I don't, you know, when you're dealing with two young individuals, uh, you're talking about the, the, you know, I think, I don't know. I mean, the defense, listen, the defense listens to their, their client, right? So I'm thinking the client's saying that, no, I want to go to trial with this. I didn't do nothing wrong or whatever. I don't know what everything, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you see the counsel up and leave and, uh, you know, quit and then have to yeah. be forced to find somebody else. If that's the case, then we know it's him doing this, right? Because I'm, no, you're, no you're his lawyer, no and, and, and you're giving him advice not to do this, and he's going to do it. I think that at this point you say, well, what else can I do for you, right? And there's nothing I can do for you if you won't listen to me on this, and I, I need to go some, you know, need, need to do something else. Yeah, without question there. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, the Sarge with us with the crime report. Uh, Joe Jacqueline. Joe, the other big story during the week, human remains found, male human remains found, over at Sunka Meadow State Park, Kings Park there. 20-year-old out of Brentwood, identified now, Joe, and uh, and also of recent nature. So this is now uh, being treated as a homicide. Of course, the first thing I think about, it's uh, gang-related, MS-13. Here we go again. Well, you and I have spoken about this way too many times over the years, but uh, more situations involved regarding remains here. Tough one. Yeah, no, we're going to have to, you know, figure out exactly what's um, what's what. This wouldn't be the first time they found something in Sunken Meadow area. Uh, they have found, I think, there was at least one other uh, person there. It was a young female going back a few years ago. Uh, we know that, um, unfortunately, as as small as Long Island is, we we find we we keep on finding uh, bodies and, and human remains in some of these really, you know, densely wooded areas. So we're going to wait to find out what the uh, medical examiner, anthropologist has to say, and maybe uh, they can extract some DNA and see if there's any DNA in the system, and then go about trying to identify the person this way. Yeah, <clears throat> no doubt about it. So uh, we'll see uh, what goes on there with the invas- investigations uh, and everything else. But uh, the situation remains where we have spoken about this way uh, too many times. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, a couple of more for the Sarge. Uh, Joe, a uh, situation again where if you are attached to fatal overdoses and everything else in your involvement, uh, Ray Tanny's going to throw the book at you and Donnelly as well. And uh, that's what happened as far as uh, the situation uh, on, uh, on Long Island uh, this week. So uh, four overdoses where you had a guy at a river had this Marquise Douglas admitted supplying all kinds of drugs, heroin, fentanyl, crack cocaine, cocaine, led to the deaths, shook a lot of community here, Joe. Uh, but all in all, that was the case. Yeah, no, we, we like the, what our DAs are doing uh, in regards to the drug front here. And it, it's just, it has to be done, but they also need to get help. They need to get help from places like New York City, where much of these drugs are flowing from. Uh, you know, everything comes through New York City to go out to Long Island. So they need some help from from not only the police are there, of course, but the prosecutions. We know how prosecution in New York City has been lax. They need to start stepping up their game because if not, this just gets this just keeps on getting worse. And then we also need the border uh, uh, fixed. We need a lot of different things in order to to do this because if not. This is this is only going to get worse, folks. It really is. 
and uh, we got to do a better job. And you know, the, all that's coming in the border, the watch list, terrorist watch list, the gotaways. I mean, my goodness, uh, we have a dire uh, situation down there, which you know I still say is uh, is prio one. Uh, the only change you can make is at the polls. You go to the voters' box and everything else. Uh, that's the only way you correct this situation. The fentanyl that has killed so many Americans over the past year, you go into six figures on that, Sarge. Uh, you know, it's a rough deal. Joe, what about a Freeport? You had uh, a fight between a couple of teenagers. Uh, two, two of them got into a fight. One slashed the other with a box cutter. Uh, tough situation at uh, at the high school there during the week. Yeah, it looks like uh, an ordinary fight, right? There was knives and stuff involved in this. Um, you know, we know that uh, many of the, the uh, high schools in, in the in schools in the area have uh, some security measures in regards to like surveillance videos and stuff like that. So uh, maybe because of their age, we're not going to learn a lot more about it. But um, you know, they need to figure out exactly how these knives got in and then figure out a way to mitigate this from ever happening again because you have to worry about retaliation and everything else that goes on. We don't know the nexus of the actual dispute, but I think, you know, the police department is definitely going to be trying to figure that out. No question. No question about it. Of course, you got the marathon on Sunday. can only imagine, uh, Sergeant, you've been a part of the presence regarding police at some of these massive events. Uh, you got a big one on Sunday with a marathon. And, uh, you know, with all that's going on in the world, I mean, there is going to be a ton of security, I'd imagine. Not only that, yeah, you're going to see, uh, I think you'll see the garbage trucks and the dump trucks and, uh, and all in the areas. Because remember, it goes through all five boroughs. And uh, they got to worry about somebody, you know, gaining access to the route with, uh, with a vehicle. So, and, it, and there are some parts that are very vulnerable to different things. And, and it's just, um, it, it probably keeps up police executives up late at night trying to figure out what's going on between all the different rise in hate crimes in New York City, what's going on in the Middle East, and everything else that's happening. Um, not good for security reasons. Joe, of course, is a best-selling author, folks. The Cold Case Handbook is uh, such a great read. I tell you that every week. Uh, it's just a great read with, with so much. You just don't get it outside of the fact that this man is had been involved with cold cases 20 years, as we mentioned uh, in the uh, beginning when he comes on, you know, 20 years of Bronx cold case, wrote the book, especially with Gilgo and everything else. Give me a sense how it's doing, my friend. Also on the YouTube uh, uh, network, the channel there, that you're doing a great job regarding some of these interviews regarding Gilgo. Give me a sense of both. Yeah, no, I mean, the book sales still going great. Uh, I'm getting a couple of colleges already reaching out there. They're doing um, these cold case institutes where they're teaching students along with law enforcement in regards to having their students looking to some of these cold cases. So that's kind of an exciting avenue that, um, that, that that's probably going to happen. So that's, that's going to be good. Uh, and, you know, the YouTube channel has is, is gone very well. Uh, I mean, geez. It's grown so much. It went from zero to uh, about twenty five hundred subscribers. It's not a lot in terms of of uh, what he, of uh, you know some of these big channels out there. But you got to start off somewhere. Uh, so we jumped pretty quickly. I reached all of the levels for YouTube in order to get recognized uh, to be able to do things like um, you know monetize the channel and everything else. So it's um, it's actually gone pretty well. I have a couple of interviews uh, lined up. Interesting. This Tuesday coming up, I have former chief of department from New York City, Louis Anamon. So we're going to talk about a, you know, talk about a living history of New York City crime in the 80s and 90s. 
And then I have Gil Carrillo next week. He was the arresting officer from the Night Stalker case and Richard Ramirez oh, yeah. in Los Angeles. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. I remember Gil. I absolutely remember Gil. And uh, you got a lot going on, my friend. Great job. Uh, the Sarge and the Crime Report. Joe, have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk. You too, Jake. Have a good one.